everyone, it's Maria here. And on behalf of Simon and I, I'd just like to thank you for checking out our podcast. Before we get into things, I just want to let you know that this is only part of our online mini service. To check out the full service and find out more about Everyone Church, head to our website at everyonechurch.com.au. Hope you can check it out and see the full service. But for now, let's get into the podcast. Last week, we started sharing around the topic of following Jesus, and it is uh, one of our core values here at Everyone Church. It is the core value, really. The first sermon ever preached in this church just weeks ago was about following him. We we pursue him. We model our lives after him. We rely on him. This is who we, we pursue, is Jesus, and we are doing so through the truths found in the book of Colossians. Now, I hope you've checked out the book of Colossians. It's only four chapters. Uh, maybe you can listen to it, read it. And I, I really uh, I encourage you that you'll get way more out of this series if you have a look through the book of Colossians. You might find some things yourself that, that you can apply to your life in there. And if you missed part one, you can check it out on our website. We have a podcast. You know, there's It's just available everywhere so that you don't have to miss out. And we opened up last week focusing on the person of Jesus and who he is according to his word. Not uh, my version of him, or current culture's version of him, or church's version of him, no, uh, but who he is according to his word. So let's continue by starting where we started last week in chapter two, verse six to eight. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Interesting point here that this book is the only book in the New Testament that says the word philosophy Uh, explicitly, and it's right there. Uh, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. And we need to remember that Paul is writing to an audience, predominantly Greek, uh, and he's addressing issues within that context. And we we spoke a lot about this last week, but a tip to understanding the Bible and really getting and assuring that you're you're getting the best out of it is we got to do the... um, the work of interpreting what the writer was talking about in context, okay? And that can sometimes be very difficult. Uh, Sometimes it can be a little bit easier. Colossians is a bit easier, I think. Uh, And we believe that the Bible is God-inspired, obviously. Um, We believe that wholeheartedly. But it was written in a context, okay? And so Paul is warning this church not to be fooled by empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense, which were all around them at that time. And to be honest, it sounds a little bit like 2021. (laughs) Empty philosophies, high sounding nonsense. And in the opening paragraphs of this letter to the Colossians, Paul outlines his real intentions and his his desire. He says this in, in verse nine and 10. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit, all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So our desire needs to be to grow in knowledge 
and spiritual wisdom and understanding so that it will reflect in our behavior, in how we live our lives day to day. And then as we continue to obey Christ and continue that pursuit of obeying him, we know him better and better. And really the truth here is that Obeying Jesus reveals more of Jesus. It's not necessarily time around Jesus or the teachings of Jesus even, but it's obedience to him. It's obedience to those teachings. It's understanding and obeying. That's why we have so many people who um, grew up in church, have grown up in church, been around the teachings of Jesus, been around worship, been around great preaching, maybe were, were given devotions by their, by their parents, all these types of things, but then they, they still don't really know Jesus. And that's because they have failed to understand and obey him. Okay, really obeying him, pursuing him is the key to knowing more about him. And Paul often encouraged Christians to live in a way that pleases the Lord. So the question becomes, if our motivation should be to please him, the question becomes, how do we do it? How do we do it? Uh, Do we um, like... How do we do it? That's the big question. So how do we go about this? So last week we focused on who Jesus is. This week we start to focus on how we live it out. And this uh, this letter really uh, takes a turn towards that, that practical outworking when we hit chapter three. You know, that verse we just read and we mentioned last week is like the hinge verse between the opening and the outworking. The opening about who Jesus is, who we are in him. And then we hit that really that key verse in the middle there, and then we move on to some practical stuff. So let's start in chapter three, verse one to three, and this is gonna be our core scripture for today. So let's read it together. It says this, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul says, set your sights. Think about the things above. And our following of Jesus is rooted in our heart, but it practically starts outworking in our thought life. Um, it's where the rubber hits the road in many ways. And when we see the word heart, Uh, in the Bible. It's very kind of broad, all-encompassing term um, that appears over a thousand times in the Bible, which is quite amazing. But my heart, in a biblical sense, is a spiritual and psychological, like, engine room. It's, it, it holds my deepest motivations and secrets. Um, it says in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Or in the New Living Translation, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So there's this sense that the heart is like an engine room, and a lot of stuff is going on there. And the Holy Spirit changes our heart when we become a born-again Christian. That's the miracle of the new birth. It changes our heart, changes our motivations, changes that that deep uh, engine room of the heart, right? And uh, But so much of the practical outworking of my following Jesus starts to take place in my thought life. In my thought life. And from the heart to the head. 
And there is a battle for the steering wheel of your thought life. I'm going to say that again because this is a very important point. There is a battle for the steering wheel of your thought life. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and this is Paul writing again. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So Paul's desire for the Colossians and his encouragement to us today, really, is that we would grow in knowledge, in spiritual wisdom and understanding so that it would reflect in how we live, in our behavior. And he starts chapter three by saying, think about the things above. Set your sights on heaven. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Uh, Set your sights on God, on who he is, on his truths. What is holding the steering wheel of your thought life today? I think that's an important question. Is it lockdown, COVID, Gladys, (laughs) uh, work, children, money, worry, health, lust, gossip, conspiracies, vaccines, the list could go on. And there are some issues that Paul is trying to address in the Colossian church that are easily translated to today. And he said that, we read it as we opened in chapter 2, verse 8. He says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. What has been capturing your thought life? Are you captured by something in your thought life? And you know, my thought life uh, reflects so much of what's going on in my heart and it also directs so much of what's going on in my heart. It reflects and it directs. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and this is Paul writing again, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. True, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about those things. Often we get into these pits of despair and anxiety and and worry uh, because we fixate on things that we shouldn't be fixated on. And that's not good for us. It's not good for our soul. It's not good for our heart. Uh, I'm not talking about... um, uh, le- like legitimate diagnosable battles with mental illness, like an anxiety disorder or something like that. That I think that's a, 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 a different category altogether. I don't want to just blanket term mental health. When I say things like anxiety, it can trigger uh, a bigger things, you know, that are, that need more uh, attentive focus. What I am more talking about is just our general day-to-day weight of worry. Don't allow those things to capture you, okay? Uh, You have the ability to think about what 
you're thinking about, which is powerful. Uh, that's called metacognition, which is the awareness and understanding of one's own thought process. And it's an amazing gift that God has given his created people. Paul says, set your sights. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And for me in my life, just just one example, uh, I, I love worship. I love worship. I was a worship pastor for like seven years. And beyond that, I, ever since I was a teenager, I volunteered. I love playing the guitar. I love putting on some worship music. I love singing praises to God. It's just, it's so helpful for me to focus on the Lord. And worship, in my, in my experience, is a lot like a magnifying glass. You know, we can um, focus our thoughts on worry, uh, things that make us anxious, things that concern us deeply, uh, trials and tribulations. And, and what happens is we, we focus on those things and it magnifies them. But worship magnifies Jesus. It magnifies God. True worship, you know, it magnifies him. It, it, and what happens is the things of this world will go strangely dim when we focus on him, right? When we focus on him in worship, fixing my thoughts, steering my mind towards him in Psalm chapter one, which is the beginning really of the worship book <laughs> uh, in the Bible. It says this in chapter one, verse one, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join him with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves will never wither and they prosper in all they do. I don't know what you've been seeing a lot of online and on the news, but I have been seeing a lot of mockers, a lot. And I've been trying my best not to be sucked into it and become one of them. People who are fixated on the controversial, people who are fixated on the things really that we can't control. We can't control. We really can't. And what we need to be as Christians is fixated, meditating on, thinking on the things of the Lord. The, his word, his ways, how good he is, how amazing he is. And what does it say about those people who meditate on the, the law, on, on God's word day and night? It says that they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. They, those who take delight in the Lord, who focus on him, who set their sights on him, are like trees planted along the riverbank. And we read in chapter two, early on, it says Paul was encouraging the Colossians. He said, let your roots grow deep into Jesus. And I'm seeing some similarities here. It has a lot to do with where we steer our thought life. It really does. And, and who or what is holding the steering wheel of your thought life today? Take control. Come on. Set your sights. Fix your thoughts. Encourage yourself. Worship him. Mate, whatever it is that you need to do, read his word. Set aside time to focus on, uh, on him in prayer. Uh, worship him. Put on, mate, fill your, let your house be filled with worship, not complaining and worry. And my hope is in this series is that we would demystify 
some of the practicality of following Jesus day by day. And we don't um, necessarily follow Jesus exactly the same way, practically as the disciples did, where we leave our home, we um, walk around with Jesus physically and, you know, build tents and cook food and move around from town to town. Some people might feel a calling to do something like that, but we're trying to work out how to follow him in 2021. And I believe it starts with knowing who he is. Obviously, we need to know who he is. We need to know who we are in him. We need to experience that power of becoming a born again Christian. And also it continues with setting our sights on him. And this isn't some sort of positive thinking guru thing. It's just reality. Uh, If I don't think about Jesus ever or the things above, that's a problem. Uh, You could ask any husband uh, who has a wife (laughs) and ask them uh, if they don't think about their wife, especially around birthdays and anniversaries and, and, and basic things like, hey, can you take out the washing today? If, If we don't think about those things, they, uh, husbands need to learn to think again, right? And if, if we don't learn, we, we get reminded, right? <laughs> and just like last week, how we, we came back to a biblical understanding of who Jesus is, according to his word, we also need to have a biblical understanding of how we live for him. And a lot of that takes place in my thought life. It really does. And guess what? We don't have to do it alone. It's not just the power of my thinking. It's not just on me. Uh, The last scripture I want to share today is the words of Jesus. And this fills me with so much hope. It really does. In John chapter 14, verse 26 and 27, it says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Amen. The Holy Spirit helps us, reminds us. Oh, I saw a quote this week that I thought was really cool. That when we memorize scripture, that's like giving the Holy Spirit a vocabulary in our life. That's why it's so important to, to know his word and to, to focus in on him. Set your sights on the things above. Uh, set your thought life on the things of God. And of course, that is not necessarily to be ignorant of things. Like we can't just be sitting around thinking about God's word and forgetting about our day-to-day responsibilities. Of course, you know, I think you know what I'm saying here. And that is, we want to focus on him. Let's not allow our thoughts to be steered into worry and despair. Let's set our sights on him today. Who's been holding the steering wheel of your thought life? Really, my prayer, my uh, I've been asking the Lord this week that he would help us all turn our minds away from all the silliness that's going on and focus on how good God is. Amen. And if you're watching today, And you might not be a Christian and all this stuff is just like, wow, what is all of this? Or maybe you grew up in church and you're coming to a realization that you have known a lot about Jesus, but you don't know him personally. 
maybe you haven't stepped out in obedience to walk with him day by day, I want to invite you to start that journey today. And really, when we invite Jesus into our heart, he changes our heart. You know, that sinful, uh, spiritually dead heart that is in us is renewed. And we can begin this amazing journey of following him. And if you want to start that journey or restart that journey, I want to lead you in a prayer. And as I pray this out loud, I want you to say this to him. Come on, say this to him. Forget that I'm here. Tell him this prayer as I pray it out loud. It goes like this. Dear Jesus, I pray to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I give my heart to you. I believe in you. I believe you came and that you gave your life on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again. And today I receive by faith your forgiveness and friendship. I thank you that I will enter heaven one day to be with you forever. Help me on this journey of following you. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we'd love to help you. Head to our website. We'll mail you out a Bible. You know, even if you're not in our area, we'll help you find a a church to help you on this journey of following him. And hey, everyone, church, let's have an amazing week this week. And let's set our sights on the things above.